I will feast at the table of the Lord. I will feast at the table of the Lord. I won't hunger anymore. Welcome to the table. You are listening to the Kingstown Communion podcast with lead pastor Michelle Matthews. The Kingstown Communion is a new United Methodist Church existing to gather people into communion with Jesus Christ through courageous conversation, creative community, and collaborating for the common good. For more information about upcoming events and opportunities to serve, visit our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Kingstown Communion. We're glad that you're listening along with us. If you live close by, we hope you'll join us for worship in person. And if you ever feel so inclined to help us by giving financially, you can do so on our website, kingstowncommunion.net. today comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verses 15 through 27. This is Jesus speaking. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, because he abides with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I'm coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will know that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them are those who love me, and those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I, too, will love them and reveal myself to them. Then Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, But Lord, how is it that you will reveal yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, Those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but is from the Father who sent me. I have said these things to you while I am still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. 
the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Have you ever heard someone tell a story about an incredible, powerful, transformative moment in their life? And in the summarizing of, of that moment, they say something like, and then all of a sudden, God showed up. I have, I've heard that multiple times in a variety of turns of phrases. Maybe it's not exactly like that every time, but, but I've heard it. And, and these kind of stories are, they're always, they're always moving, right? They're moving, but I, I wonder if it leaves you with the same kind of questions that it often leaves me with in the end. And, and that's, that's the questions like, if all of a sudden God showed up, where was God before that moment? If all of a sudden God showed up, does that mean that prior to that moment, that powerful moment, God was somewhere else entirely? And if God was somewhere else, and then God all of a sudden showed up for, for this friend of mine, for this person in this moment, why didn't God show up all of a sudden for all of those other people and all those other moments who could have used God just all of a sudden showing up for them? And I, I think you probably know what I mean. It, it just can become quite this this rabbit hole of questions that circulate through our mind. But, but have you ever noticed that in these kind of big life moments, those incredible, powerful, transformative, abounding in pain and abounding and, and enjoy kind of moments that we talk a heck of a lot about where God is and not as much about who God is. In these moments, we pray for God to be with us, for God to come near us. We talk about those amazing moments in our lives being this God moment, or this God thing. And all of this seems to reinforce this subtle yet powerful belief that God is somewhere else and then comes here into this world, into our lives from time to time to do God's sorts of things. And the problem with this is that it, it leaves us with all those sorts of questions that tend to flood our mind, like the ones I mentioned, endless questions about when and where and why God chooses to act or not act. But the truth is we don't know why or where or when. We don't know why the Holocaust happened or, or why the person we love has cancer out of other people or why our marriage fell apart or why we had that miscarriage or why so many people have died in 2020 from coronavirus. None of us can say why God decided to come here and act in one moment for one person and not for another person. And, and anyone who can tell you why <laughs> should honestly not be trusted. Because, because we don't know the answers about when and where and why God chooses to act or not act. There is, I believe though, another way to see God. Where we talk more about who God is rather than where God is in these moments. That 
And that is to see God, to know God, to sense God as the God who is with us. That inherently a part of who God is, is this withness, this right here-ness, this right now-ness. This is who God is. God is with. And throughout our lives, throughout our experience of God's withness, there are going to be highs, yes, and there are going to be lows, yes. <laughs> and then there are going to be those normal, average, everyday moments too. Like, like just washing the dishes or, or making breakfast or, or walking the dog or giving your neighbor's kid a high five when you're out in the driveway, when you seem to quite unusually and yet still ordinarily catch a glimpse of the depth and the dimension and, and the fullness of God's character and witness. Those kind of moments. Sometimes these moments, whether life highs or lows or all the ordinary everyday moments in between where you mysteriously get a deeper glimpse at God's withness, sometimes these moments, sometimes they catch us off guard, like they sneak up behind us and all we know to do is use words like all of a sudden God showed up. But sometimes you, you find yourself slowing down and becoming gripped with this certain stillness in these moments, like your heart is is slamming on the brakes while it whispers in your ear, hey, Michelle, this matters. This moment is significant. Slow down, Michelle, pay attention, Michelle. Like, like your soul is, is trying to say, to, to, to take a picture of this moment because the realization that whatever is going on here right now is worth capturing. I've had those moments, have you? And, and when we try to describe these moments, we use words like transcendent and we talk about something being out of this world or being sublime. But what we're really talking about is, is this awareness of God's witness. That this moment, this moment is what it is, but it's also more than that. At the, at the, the same time, it's something so much more. It, it, it's a meal, but it's, it's more than a meal. It was a conversation, but it was also more than a conversation. It was, it was a memory or a moment, but it was also more than, than any other memory or moment. Have you had these kind of experiences? It's these moments where we're fully present, taking in every tactile dimension of the experience, and yet... Your visceral, physical experience drew you higher, farther, beyond that same experience into an utter awareness of the God who is with. This kind of moment, this kind of experience, the ancient Hebrews, it turns out, had a way of talking about this, this kind of experience. The Israelites believed that that everything that exists, exists because of this 
explosive, expansive, surprising, creative energy that surges through all things, holding all things together, giving the universe its life and depth and fullness. And they called this cosmic electricity, this expressed power, this divine energy, they called it the Ruach of God. They believed that this divine Ruach, that it flows from God, because as the writer of Psalms puts it, that the whole earth is God's and all of it infused with Ruach, crammed with this restless creative energy full of this life, electrified by the God who continually is with us, renewing the face of the earth. And because they they believed the Ruach of God, they didn't, they didn't talk about a world that went on day after day doing its thing while, while they discussed whether or not there was a God or where God was, does God exist, might or might not be near to us. No, they, they talked instead about this life, this vitality, this creativity, this the stars and the rocks and the stories and the food and the tears and the sea animals and all having this singular, common, creative, sustaining source whom they called God, who powers and energizes and sustains it all, this God who is with us. And, and, and while they understood this Ruach energy to be as wide as the universe and powerful enough to fuel and animate and sustain even the blanket of stars in the sky, they also understood this Ruach to be as intimate and personal as the breath I'm taking, the breath you just took. In fact, they, they often referred to this Ruach as breath. Which brings us to our scripture today, where Jesus is also talking about this same breath. This breath which Jesus calls spirit, an advocate in our text today. The word spirit, though, can bring with it uh, a number of different associations in our world, right? That a lot of associations that, that the Hebrews never intended, that Jesus never intended by this word spirit. Have you noticed how, how most of the time when we talk about spirit, we seem to talk about it as something kind of abstract, something less real, less tangible, less substantial, something non-physical, supernatural, relegated to the realm of religion only for those people who believe those things, something that may or may not exist. The thing is that, that for the Hebrews, Ruach doesn't, doesn't divide the world like that. When, when the Hebrews talked about this breath, this, this Ruach, this spirit, they weren't talking about an, an abstract realm somewhere else. They were talking about that, that, that like gigantic megaphone that's parked one millimeter from your ear announcing to you clearly unmistakable sounds that this is real, Michelle. It is happening. It is, it's not to be denied, not to be di dismissed. Pay attention, Michelle. 
When the, when the Hebrews and Jesus talked about the Spirit, as, as the poet of Genesis does in the first few lines of the Bible, they were, they were talking about the very life force that brings everything into existence, the presence of God within the world, dwelling in every created being, present to everyone and everything all the time. Did you hear the words of Jesus today as as Betty Lynn read them for us? Jesus says, I am sending you my spirit that will be with you forever, advocating for you, pushing you, energizing you, sparking in you that sense that there there is something more, something else, because God abides with me, in me, Jesus says, I will abide with you, in you. This is the spirit of truth Jesus is talking about. This is the breath of God. This is the ruach of God, Jesus says. And, 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 the, and the world doesn't know it. The world doesn't know it. The world sets up all these dichotomies between what is real and what is spirit. But you know this. Because you have paid attention, because you've been searching for for where the breath of God is energizing the world, you know that I am with you when you feel me and when you don't in the highs and in the lows and in the big moments and in the everyday moments, you know I will not leave you orphaned, Jesus says, for I am the God who is with when you see me and when you don't, witness is who I am. This is the spirit I leave with you, not as the world gives. So don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't wonder whether whether I'm with you. Don't wonder where I am, but feast on who I am. For you are not alone. The Jewish people in Jesus in today's text spoke of this presence of God in everything, all places, events, and and beings. Like how the psalmist writes, you know these words, you've heard them before. Where, Where can I go from your spirit, God? Where, oh, where can I flee from your presence, God? If I go up to the heavens, You are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there also. This is the God who is with. Which leads me back to to the heart of God's character. That there is this inherent withness to God. With us, around us, beside us present with us in every single moment. The question then, friends, or the challenge then, or the invitation then is for us, for you, for me, to become more and more the kind of people who are aware of the divine presence attuned 
to the Ruach present in the, the depths of each and every moment, seeing God in more and more and more people and places and events each day, every day, being attuned to the God who is with. I want you to hear from someone in our congregation now who who knows so intimately the God who has been with her. She has a powerful story to, to share with you. Will, you. will you listen in to Mia today? Good morning, Kingston Communion. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Mia Lasad. My powerful story, it is a powerful story for me, but each one of us has our own powerful story. So mine is my escape to freedom from Romania, which actually shaped me into the person I am today and brought me closer to God. 33 years ago has passed since my escape from uh, the communist Romania. That was the turning point of my life. On a moonless night in April 1987, the man I paid to take me to Yugoslavian border woke me up and told me that it was time to go. We left his house at about 3 a.m. together with another woman and her three children. Uh, my head was spinning and my heart was pounding. I knew that I was putting my life in danger. I could have been shot or caught and sent to prison. So I cleared my mind and thought of only one thing. There is no way back. I have to get to the other side. When we reached the border, our guide told us to walk towards the reddish lights on the horizon, which he said was the Yugoslavian village that we were supposed to reach. It took us four hours to reach the village, crossing vineyards, walking through woods and climbing up and down steep hills. I cannot describe the excitement I felt when we finally approached the village. I kneeled and thanked God for watching over me. How else? Could we have gotten there safely, but with his help, God was with us. We walked into the village, our shoes covered with mud, totally exhausted. We were immediately detained and taken to police station for interrogation. That was the most horrifying moment of my life. I was so afraid of being sent back to Romania, but to our great relief, we were taken to a refugee camp in Belgrade. My fiancé had escaped from Romania about eight months earlier by swimming the Danube. He was already living in the United States, and as soon as I contacted him to, to tell him I have made it safely to Yugoslavia, he initiated procedures with the Immigration and natural, Naturalization Services um, to sponsor me. INS required me to spend seven months in, in the Yugoslavian refugee camp before I was accepted by the United States. It was a difficult time for me, um, being away from my fiancé, my family, my friends, waiting and waiting. I had to be patient. The greatest moment of my life was about to, to, to come. But again, I thought I was alone, but I was not. God was with me protecting me from any harm. When the aircraft landed in Chicago, my eyes was filled, were filled with tears and my heart was pumping hard. My, my, my dream had come true. 
At least I was standing in the land of freedom and opportunity, the place so much desired and dreamed by so many people around the world. I was also about to be reunited with my fiancé after a long and exhausting time. A new life was ahead of us. It was up to us to make it brighter. We spent about two years in Chicago. I went to school to learn English, and after only four months, I was able to get my first job working as a draftsperson. I was very proud of myself, but things were not as great as I first thought. Now that I had a job, I had no choice but to speak English. I went through a lot of embarrassment because my English was far from being good. I was surrounded by wonderful people, all very understanding and willing to help. The place, though, which gave me the most, or should I say from which I took the most, was Ithaca, New York. We moved to Ithaca uh, because my fiancé was accepted by Cornell University to pursue his PhD. Once again, I worked as a daily clerk in a supermarket. I was very unhappy with this job. I was on the verge of leaving Ithaca and my fiancé behind. My fiancé... Income was low at that time and our savings had dwindled. I still remember that morning when I was supposed to leave Ithaca. I got up and asked myself, do I really want to give up everything I fought for and just leave? The answer came straight from my heart. Or should I say straight from God? No, I am not a quitter. No, you are not a quitter. And I stayed and fought. That decision has shaped my future. I improved my job search skills. Soon after, got a job with Cornell University as a collections assistant. But I soon decided that I wanted more, so I made a daring move. Cornell uh, University offered a program that allowed exceptional employees to pursue a four-year degree. The four years I spent as a student at Cornell were difficult, but the satisfaction of earning a bachelor's degree in business management and marketing was worth it. They taught me hard work and perseverance. And most of all, most of all, they taught me to believe in myself, to set goals and to achieve them. But I could never have accomplished all this without the full support of my husband because my fiance and I got married meanwhile. So I've been fortunate, but I've been fortunate because God was with me all the way. I do have a question though for God. Why did you allow God my marriage to fall apart? I just hope that um, growing my faith in God will help me answer this question. This is my story. Thank you all for listening. God bless you all. I am so grateful today for Mia's story. Like she said, she has her powerful story and we have ours. So as we prepare our hearts and minds to pray today, I wonder, I wonder how you are connecting with the God who is with, with you, with us. Let us pray. God, we pause today in this hour to acknowledge that you in your very core, the very character of God are with us. 
Not that you show up whenever we seem to sense you, but that when we sense you, it's just because we are finally paying attention to the fact that you have always been with us. We thank you, God, for each one of those moments in our lives where something is happening, and yet we know also something deeper is happening as well. We thank you for those moments where you show us glimpses of your withness. In our pain, in our greatest joys, and in every ordinary moment in between. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us today. Fall afresh on our circumstances. Fall afresh, God, on our inabilities to cope in our overwhelmed lives. Fall afresh, God, in our isolation. Fall afresh, God, in this community. Spirit of the living God, we long for that, that ruach, that breath of God to flow through us. And yet we know it's already there flowing and all we have to do is turn and pay attention. That, that energy, that electricity of God in us and through us and around us. God, we thank you that always and every day you are with us. And we pray together that prayer that you taught us to pray that reminds us of the witness of God. We pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Amen.